0: Welcome back to the 25th episode of the Play Action Pod. And uh, we're here to give you a preview for Rivalry Week. You know, we got the game this weekend and we got a couple others that we're going to feature as well. But I think to kick off this episode, we're going to start by talking about our initial reactions to the new playoff poll. So, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on what you were seeing Tuesday night? I think we
1: killed it. With our uh, with our predictions, yeah, we did. I think we uh,
0: at least the top ten. That's all we did, though. Was top yeah, ten, did top
1: ten, but we the, killed it. The only one we had wrong was USC and LSU. But I think you can definitely make the argument that USC should be five and LSU should be six. I think that's probably my main main problem with the poll this week is is I just think LSU is a little too high. Yeah, because you know? at five, I feel like you're you're giving LSU the thought that if they win out, they're going to be in the playoff. Yeah. Right. I think that's, that's kind of what I take from there being at the fifth spot. So I would have just switched USC and LSU. And then I can see the argument for Clemson as well. Yeah. Over Alabama. I know, I know a lot of people are upset about that, but other than that, you know, Tennessee dropping to 10 was a little surprising, but
0: disrespectful. I feel like,
1: yeah, I think so. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, Hendon hooker
0: probably being out for the season, which shouldn't play a factor in, in the rankings, in my opinion.
1: You would think it wouldn't, but especially since the rankings are supposed to be, you know, up till now, yeah. not a prediction of, you know, like what's to I come.
0: hate that. It's like, I feel like the rankings should be based off of how you've performed in the season so far and not based off of what, oh, oh they think Tennessee's not going to do that good anymore. Now that Hendon's out. So we need to drop their rankings, especially below Bama, who's also a two loss team. I mean, Bama, their two losses being, you know, top 25 teams tennessee's second loss being from south carolina which i mean looks worse and it was a worse loss but still i mean i feel like tennessee who had beaten bama should be ranked higher than them and uh you know i I feel like they should should still be in that top eight range in my opinion
1: yeah and you know same with lsu they they blew out lsu yeah you know they beat lsu by 27 Mm -hmm. you know middle of the season too so definitely some interesting talking points it seems like you know, key victories or top 25 victories has been a real emphasis with this committee. They've really valued, you know, beating teams and beating good teams rather than, you know, maybe, maybe bad losses. Yeah. But
0: then they were like, okay, we're waiting for USC to get their marquee win and then we'll move them up. And then they, they go out, (laughs) they beat UCLA on a national stage, got their marquee win, didn't move them. Yeah. (laughs) So that was, that was confusing to me. It's weird seeing, you know, the top four being undefeated teams, and then number five, a two loss team. Yeah. You know, it, it just doesn't sit right with me. I feel like USC should be that fifth spot.
1: Yeah. And it's, it seems like certain teams have like different criteria. Yeah. In my opinion. You know, it seems like with Clemson, you know, they're beating teams, but maybe they're not beating, you know, high quality teams, Yeah, which is why they're lower. But then like LSU is beating teams, but they have more losses than Clemson, yeah. but they're higher. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's a weird precedent.
0: Not, not a lot of consistency. I feel like.
1: Yeah, definitely. But, is,
0: you know, confusing as a, as a viewer and a fan.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think the good thing though, is outside of the top four, you know, it really doesn't really matter after that. Yeah, I would say. True. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, we both agree that the top four is, is correct yeah. so far. And, you know, I think that's kind of really all that matters. We
0: were, we were kind of joking about this earlier, you know, how the committee, you know, they probably get in this room and they're like, all right, you have four hours to figure out top 25, you know, agree on a top 25. I feel like they spend the first three and a half hours on the top 10. And then they're like, oh crap, you know, we got 30 minutes. We got to, we got to figure out the rest. And then they just throw everything else together because I mean, in that 10 to 25 range, or I guess 11 to 25 range, everything just kind of, you know, it looks a little weird, you know, especially UCF being higher than some teams with uh, three losses and um, you know, some pretty bad, losses so i mean i i feel like you know from 11 to 25 they don't really care which you know i i don't necessarily agree with i feel like that it should uh you know the consistency should stay throughout the entire rankings so everything makes sense but um i know joel clatt you kind of said that um you know the the, the committee is is a failed experience experiment and uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see you know how it'll look at a couple years when we get the new 12 team playoff
1: I think the interesting thing with with 12 teams is six spots are guaranteed. Yeah. So there's six spots that aren't negotiable like at all, which will be nice. But seeing the six at-larges and kind of how they go through the process of getting those, I think it'll be interesting, at least for the first couple yeah. of years until we
0: get used to it. So Yeah, it will. And we'll see if things change as far as the committee. But for right now, it looks like it's going to be staying the same. But, um, you know, let's let's start talking about some of the big games this weekend. One specifically being the game. No, we got Michigan going to Ohio State, the third team in the country facing the second team in the country. We've been anticipating this matchup all year. It's finally here. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot, the, the big storyline, you know, is, is Blake Corum going to be healthy for Saturday? You know, do we have any confirmed evidence on that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, kind of before we started filming, we were going through, you know, trying to find any information, you know, about if, if Blake Coram's playing this weekend, it sounds like Michigan hasn't really disclosed anything, which, which makes sense. Makes sense. I think that's, you know, they're right. They don't have to disclose, you know, anything, but you know, we did find out that he was, uh, actually a really cool story about Blake Coram. He was handing out turkeys, um, to less fortunate people for Thanksgiving
0: with some of so, his
1: NIL money correct? Yeah, with his NIL money. So, I think that's really awesome to see, yeah. you know, and, and it just makes sense. He seems like a yeah. really good dude. He's yeah, a really he good does. football player. So that was mm-hmm. super awesome to kind of see him spend his time doing that. But mm-hmm.
0: but he was seen limping there.
1: Yes. Somebody, when he was handing out turkeys. Yeah. Somebody did notice that he had a little bit of a limp to him. So
0: yeah. so something to uh take into consideration, you know, moving on to Saturday. I know that you kind of compared his situation to uh, Bo Nix in last weekend.
1: Yeah. You know, I think... You know, when you're playing in important games, even you know, nobody's really a hundred percent, you know, no player is walking out there, you know, perfect health. They're all, you know, they got their own bruises and, and nicks and, and certain things. So I think, you know, he's gonna do everything in his power to play unless he physically cannot, you know, walk or put any pressure on 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 that injury. Mm-hmm. So I expect Bonex to play or not Bonex, Blake Quorum <laughs> to play. I expect Blake to play. You know, I think this is the game he's been looking forward to all season. I think it would take something super serious for him, him to miss out.
0: Yeah. And they definitely need him because I know that the backup, um, he, he isn't healthy either. Yeah. So, I mean, we could be seeing a third string running back in with, um, you know, JJ McCarty who, I mean, we we've talked about how you can't really rely on him to be the offensive production for your team. And, um, who knows? I, I, I don't think he can keep up with Ohio state and obviously their powerful offense. And actually, speaking of Ohio State and and you know injuries, staying on that topic, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, is is he going to make an appearance on Saturday? We haven't seen anything from him all year.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there is rumors out there that he is is planning on you know trying to play this weekend with that mm-hmm. hamstring injury. I know they've been really cautious because hamstring injuries are are really tough. You know, once it just takes you know yeah. one one little injury to to really tear that tear that hamstring. So. Sounds like he is going to try to try to go, and, and I think it'll be interesting to see kind of the impact he has on this Ohio State offense.
0: Do you think it'll be a positive impact because, uh, you know, he hasn't been getting those, well, I guess Marvin Harrison has been getting those, you know, reps as a wide receiver one. So would Jackson Smith and Jigba coming in, taking wide receiver one reps, would that, you know, maybe negatively impact that offense? Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I think people just assume that you can
1: just slide players, you know, back in the lineup when they're healthy and that's really not the case, especially with, with Martin Harrison, he's kind of really taken over the wide receiver one role. Yeah. And, you know, he's been running all the routes, you know, for that position. So I think you can't really just slide Jackson Smith and Jigba right back in and expect, you know, your offense to produce at a high level. I think, you know, he can have a really big impact for the team, but gonna be interesting to see what his role would look like if he is to play
0: yeah because um that chemistry you know between that at ohio state offense um you don't you don't want to mix it out you don't you don't want to try to fix something that's not broken they've been productive all year it'll be interesting to see you know if michigan's defense will be able to you know slow this offense down and if michigan's offense will be able to keep up with you know what i what i expect to be a high scoring game at least for uh you know the buckeyes so you know on that topic, who do you got in the game?
1: Yeah, this is a uh, you know this obviously the game we've been looking to you know all season. You, you know it's it's, it's going to have huge playoff implications. It's been that way all season, and you know I've been under the impression all season that Ohio State was going to get it done. Yeah, and even watching week to week, you know I I still believe that Ohio State is the better team. Yeah, and I think especially if Blake Coram can't go, it's really going to hurt, you know, what Michigan's trying to do on offense. And and I just think Ohio state has way too much firepower. They're going to want to avenge that loss from last year because, you know, they don't lose to Michigan very often. So last year was something a lot of them haven't really experienced. So I expect Ohio state to get it done. They're going to be at home. The fans are going to want it. The team's going to want it. I think Ryan day talked about how his team was scarred from last year. You know, they, they have a lot of, you know, pain from the past. So they're going to want to, you know, get, get that fixed this week. Yeah. And I think they will. So I got Ohio State winning this weekend.
0: Yeah. It's essentially a, a quarterfinal for the playoff. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, winner most likely will make the playoff, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what happens in the big 10 championship. But, you know, the West division isn't looking as strong as it normally is. So I expect the winner of this to kind of cruise through that game and, and essentially win the big 10 and uh, make the playoff. But, you know, I agree. I think Ohio State, We'll get it done this weekend. I don't like the way that Michigan has been playing these past few weeks. I think last week against Illinois, they looked terrible. Like, I think they looked really bad. Only winning 19-17 to 17 in the big house. You know, I know that Blake Corum was kind of injured as well. So it was, it was kind of, you know, hard for them to get used to playing without him. But I, I think that they kind of got away with one. You know, there was a controversial late call with, the, I think it was a pick play on fourth and one that, you know, let Michigan win that game on that drive. So um, I think that, you know, if Blake Coram's healthy, they will play better. But I, I just don't see them winning this game. You know, if, if they play like they did when they played Penn State, you know, five weeks ago, I think it will be closer. But um, I think Ohio State is just a more complete team right now. I do not have full faith in a JJ at quarterback. You know, I don't think he's someone that you can rely on. And um, I think Ohio State's offense is just way too productive and and that Michigan won't be able to uh, to hang with them. So, yeah, we, we both got Ohio State winning that one. I, I think that a lot of people would agree with us. You know, the the Vegas line is opening up at about seven and a half. I don't know if that's based off of if Corum is healthy or not. So I wonder, you know, what they're thinking with that because we kind of saw a similar thing last week when we were keeping our eye on that Utah-Oregon line. You know, when, when people were seeing that Bo Nicks was warming up the line that what switched four points or something. Yeah. went we, from
1: a minus two back to, to Oregon too. Yeah. So,
0: so I mean something like that changes a lot of things, but we, we both got the Buckeyes winning the game, probably game of the year. I'm, I'm hoping that I, I think it'll be a, a good one. And I wanted to look out for, for sure. But you know, second game that we kind of want to preview this weekend is going to be Oregon at Oregon state. You know, second week we're talking about Oregon, and the reason that this is a big game, is and an important game, is because um, you know Oregon they're they're not a lock for the Pac-12 championship right now. They still have to get this win at Corvallis. Who, I mean, they performed at home very well these past two years, and uh, you know Oregon has to win to to be a lock for the Pac-12 championship. So, so what are you seeing from this matchup?
1: Yes, uh, the old the old Civil War. I know they don't call it that anymore, yeah. but you know what a, I, th- I thought it was an awesome name for a rivalry, but you know, that's, that is uh is what it is. But yeah, Oregon state, you know, they've, they've been amazing at home, you know, 10 and one in the last, you know, two seasons. So when teams come to riser, they, they don't, they don't win often. Yeah, you know, I think the only team that went in there and, and did it was USC, yeah. you know, beating them by three in a game that they probably should have lost
0: 17 to 14.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's not an easy place to play, and especially with this being a, a big rivalry game, I I know that both teams are going to be ready for it. But I I think Oregon State is uh they're going to want to you know send a lot. Of, I know they're a very veteran heavy team. They're going to want to send you know those seniors off, especially on Senior Day with yeah. a good result.
0: Yeah, and a rivalry game. You know yeah. this is this is a big time rivalry, and you know what a day to spend Senior Day. You know ruining your rivals' chances to make the the Pac-12 championship. So, I mean, Oregon, they got a lot of motivation because obviously they do want to make the championship. But Oregon State, I think that they have the same amount of motivation, you know, wanting to spoil it for their rivals. And Oregon State is in that 21st in the country. I think that a lot of people don't realize is their three losses are to top 15 teams right now Two being on the road. You know, they kind of, they obviously lost to USC like we mentioned earlier at home. Then the, the next week they got dogged by the Utes. I think it was what was it 40, 42, 16, 42, 16. That's their worst loss of the year. And then, you know, another three point loss to Washington, who's 13th in the country right now. That was only by three points as well. So, you know, Oregon State in at three losses, pretty excusable and understandable three losses for them. So they get the, they get the job done and they play close ones in those big games. So I would expect to see that, you know, the same result this weekend.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, this Oregon state team has been fun. You know, it's usually when people think of Oregon state, they think of just a team that's, you know, they, they went about, you know, five or six games a year and that's kind of it. But, you know, last year they went seven and five, like we said, undefeated at home. And then, you know, if they can improve on that year and go nine and three, they'll get a better bowl game. Yeah. You know, maybe bring in better recruits. So I think this game is actually very big for Oregon state. You know, you want, you know, if you win 10 games in a season, that, that's a successful season. Yeah. You know, that's, a lot of teams you know dream to have 10 win seasons mm-hmm. so you know it starts with beating oregon this weekend and then going to your bowl game and winning that so yeah i think there's a lot to play for actually for oregon state you mm-hmm. know i think i think their coach will want to you know finish the season 10 and three and i think the players you know a lot of the seniors like i said will want to do that as well
0: yeah 100 you know on, on that note um what do you got prediction
1: So I know right now the best defense in the pack and and total defense is Utah. Okay. But I would say the best overall defense is this Oregon state defense. I think, you know, their secondary is, is very veteran heavy. They got a lot of talented players in that secondary, same with their linebacker core. And, you know, I think the only thing that's kind of letting them down a little bit is maybe, maybe their defensive line, but you know, they've still played at a, at a very high level too. Mm -hmm. So this might be the best, you know, defense since Georgia that Oregon has seen. And you know we don't know the health of Bone Nix. We don't know if he's gonna, you know, be back to 100 percent or even close to it. So I think Oregon State does it. You know, I think I yeah. think you know they're comfortable playing at home. You know, teams that come into to Corvallis, you know, they usually don't leave with a win. So I'm gonna go Oregon State with the upset over Oregon. And you know, I think they're just gonna be ready for it. I think they're gonna want to you know play spoils to to this Oregon season. Yeah,
0: this is this is tough for me because I wanted to pick Oregon State, but uh. I'm gonna go Oregon State as well, you know. I I I haven't been too impressed with Oregon these past two weeks. You know, obviously the loss um last two games in Eugene lost to Washington, didn't think they were too impressive against Utah last week. You know, part of that is because of Bo Nick's health, you know, it definitely affected, you know, his game because we used to we're used to seeing him run all over the field and that's not what we got last week. So, you know, something to keep an eye on is if Bo Nick's is gonna be back to playing at that level. Almost a Heisman level, that we that we've seen him playing at all year. So um, you know, I think I think Bo obviously will be playing, and um, if they don't have to rely, rely on that backup, Ty Thompson, then uh, I think I think it will be a better game for Oregon. But I, I like Oregon State. I think that they've been rolling. They've been a pretty solid team, you know, th- this year. They've they get the wins the wins done in in pretty good fashion as well. So so I, I like the Beavers in this one, and uh, you know going to preview a third game staying on the pack notre dame going at usc this is a top 25 matchup um obviously usc has to win to remain playoff eligible and uh you know notre dame started off the season a little rough they've looked better ever since their loss to uh marshall and stanford which i think a lot of people forget that they lost to those two very mediocre teams but um you know what 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 are you thinking in this matchup
1: yeah you know if, if this game was probably three or four weeks prior I would I would probably think that USC would handle them yeah you know, I, no problem I, I would have no doubt in my mind that USC you know would, would throttle this Notre Dame team but now it's a little bit different you know they they beat a ranked Syracuse team uh in in what I think is a pretty impressive fashion. And then, you know, they did the same thing, obviously ruining or potentially ruining, you know, Clemson season as well. So, you know, Notre Dame has really, you know, ran riot through those ACC teams. So I hope that the ACC is, is considering, you know, sending them over the trophy at the end of the season. Yeah. know they, they beat North Carolina, they beat Clemson, you know, the two teams competing for the championship. So surely that trophy is going to Notre Dame, but I guess we'll have to see about
0: that. The winner of that game is the runner up. To uh, Notre Dame, yeah. So, and then and then Marshall will get the trophy because Marshall beat Notre Dame. So technically, Marshall's ACC champs.
1: Well, we, should, we probably should have Stanford and Marshall yeah. play.
0: Stanford and Marshall for, uh, for ACC ACC. Cha- yep. ACC championship. There you go. That you go. that'd be a game. Yeah, that'd be a game to watch. So <laughs> two juggernauts going <laughs> yeah, at it. Absolutely. But,
1: no, yeah. So you know, this is an interesting game. I, I've said it before. I think USC is is probably playing the hottest you know football in, in the nation right now. You know, they're really clicking on all cylinders. Caleb Williams has that offense moving. So, you know, it's, it's been interesting to see kind of USC kind of ever since that Utah game, I feel like they've, they've started to play better week to week. And, you know, I think the only thing that's kind of holding them back a little bit is maybe the inconsistency of the defense, but you know, the the defense made some big plays down the stretch last week against UCLA. So I don't know, maybe, maybe the defense is starting to put it together, you know, late in the season and and it can help fuel that, that playoff run for them.
0: Yeah. I expect to see, you know, a packed Coliseum for, uh, you know, a top six USC team who, I mean, how many wins did they have last year? Four, right? Four. four wins last year. And, uh, you know, for Lincoln Riley to be able to go there with a couple of transfers to turn this program around is, it's pretty special. And it, it just goes to show how much, you know, the sport is changing mm-hmm. with, um, you know the portal being introduced and uh, new rules and stuff like that, but um, yeah, I I think ever since I, I agree with you. Ever since you know that Utah game, we saw a little emotion from Caleb Williams, and he talked about how he doesn't like to lose, and you know he's he's proved that the rest of the way. Big win last week against UCLA, and I I expect them to you know get this win against Notre Dame and have some momentum going to the Pac-12 championship to uh, potentially you know fighting for a, a playoff spot
1: yeah. And I think something that's very underrated about, about USC is Lincoln Riley's been in this situation before, you know, he's, he's led Oklahoma teams to tough games down the stretch where they had to win and, you know, kind of a win, win to get in kind of scenario. Yep. And that's no different. You know, he's going to prepare this USC team to beat Notre Dame. And then, you know, after Notre Dame going to have them ready for the, the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. So, you know, Lincoln Riley has, has done this before. He knows what he's doing. I just don't expect anything different. I think USC will have, you know, a good senior day at home. And I think they're going to cap that off with, with a big win over Notre yeah. Dame.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't think USC fans should be concerned about that. That six that's sitting next to your team's name because they definitely have the schedule to be able to prove that they deserve to get in. I think if they win out, they're a lock. Yeah, I agree because you know, loser of the big 10 loser of the game this week. um, They, they won't be uh, attending the big 10 championship and i expect you know 11 and one or i guess it'd be 12 and one usc conference champion to get in ahead of uh you know the loser of that game yeah absolutely so i i do think they're a lock regardless of what happens with tcu so you know everything to play for for the trojans so i expect them to come out with some fire in their eye um for this game for this next segment i'm going to ask brock a couple questions you know to kind of overview the season we had and uh, the first being who had the best first season as a new coach?
1: I love this question. I really do. I think, I think you could go a lot of different ways with this. And I think maybe the obvious answer right now would be, would be probably Lincoln Riley at yeah. USC. Um, you know, obviously turn that, turn that program around back to, to where they belong. But I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a surprise one. that how many people are going to be thinking, I'm going to go with Washington head coach, Kalen
0: DeBoer. People don't think about that. People don't think about that. I I didn't think of that. So <laughs> I didn't think about that.
1: We're talking about, a, you know, a guy who comes in after, you know, obviously they had, you know, that great coach, um, Peterson. Yeah. Who, you know, took him to the playoff. And then, you know, defense coordinator gets hired after he retires, uh, Jimmy Lake, I believe, and just absolutely trashes the program. They had two really bad years. He gets fired. Kalen DeBoer comes in and. Washington's right back to where they need to be. Yeah. You know, they're a top fifteen level program, and you know, they're sitting at, you know, 13 in these rankings. So I think the job that he's done at Washington has, has been really underrated.
0: Yeah. Okay. That that was surprising. I was expecting you think it's been better than what Lincoln Riley has done at USC? I think
1: Lincoln Riley's done a fantastic job, but come on, it's easy to recruit at USC.
0: With the resources. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's really easy. Yeah, you know, especially because he had his his quarterback at
0: Oklahoma come over with him too. And then, uh, you know Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison, Mario you know. or Mario Williams. Yeah, so die. Yeah, he had a lot of resources. Yeah, yeah. so he,
1: he, it's easy to recruit at USC. I wouldn't say it's it's necessarily hard to recruit at Washington either, but it's definitely easier to recruit at USC than yeah. us at Washington.
0: Okay, that's so. that's a steamer. Yeah, I was I wasn't expecting that, but uh, you know, on that same note, who had the worst first season as a new head coach? Ooh, this is going to be,
1: it's going to be a difficult one. Well, maybe not. It's got to be Mario Cristobal, right? Yeah. At, at Miami. You know, it, he's known as this elite recruiter up in Oregon. And then Miami, you know, spends all the money, goes out and grabs him, brings him down. He had what was thought to be, at the start of the season, a, a first-round quarterback. Yeah. In, in Tyler Van Dyke. And just absolutely explodes. You know, yeah. they obviously... Lose to a bad Texas A&M team, you know, early on in the season. And then obviously I believe the middle Tennessee state loss too. Yikes. So not a good look. Mario Cristobal has got a lot of work to do down there. I think, you know, the good thing for him is, like I said, he is a really good recruiter. Yeah. Great recruiter. One of the, probably one of the best in the nation. So he's going to get kids to come play at Miami. You know, he's just got to be able to coach them up and, you know, be able to make a splash in that conference.
0: Yeah. But having the best classes hasn't proved to be you know, translating to being the best team in the country. Cause definitely. I mean, I know, I know what team you're thinking, I'm thinking of. You know what team I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, being uh, those, uh, those Aggies. Those Aggies of Texas A&M. <laughs> Prime yeah. example of, you know, coaching plays a big role in these teams. It's not always the players. Yep, definitely. And, uh, you know, a lot of transfers, you know, I feel like Texas A&M and maybe Miami, a lot of guys are going to be like, you know, I'm out. You know, I, I, don't, I don't like the system. Some of it might have to do with, you know, NIL stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot, a lot of those players on the move. For yeah, sure,
1: definitely. So it's, it's definitely something we'll have to keep an eye out for. I know we got a transfer portal, um, section or segment coming up yeah, in yeah. the next couple of weeks. So we'll,
0: we'll be the transfer portal trackers. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll have to come up with some name for it, but, uh, yeah. we'll be checking the transfer portal, keeping you up to date on, you know, people are, uh, players entering the portal and then, and then where they end up going. But you know that's, that's something to keep your eye on, but, um, you know, some, some great games to keep your eye out for this weekend. We obviously showed you three that we think are going to be the top three of the week, including the game. So, um, I expect everyone to be watching that and, uh, we'll be back on, I believe next, next Sunday we'll record. And then Monday we'll get the episode out for you guys. We're on YouTube, we're on Spotify and we're on Apple, Apple podcast. So, um, you know, and also check out our socials. We're going to be throwing some, uh, you know, some content on there, a little behind the scenes, stuff like that. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, anything you have, we have it. So um, yeah, check us out on there and we'll see you guys next Monday.